dedication and preface to the world's desire by h rider haggard and andrew lang this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org dedication to w b richmond a r a the world's desire by h rider haggard and andrew lang preface the period in which the story of the world's desire is cast was a period when as miss braden remarks of the age of the plantagenets anything might happen recent discoveries mainly by dr schliemann and mr flinders petrie have shown that there really was much intercourse between heroic greece the greece of the achaeans and the egypt of the ramesids this connection rumoured of in greek legends is attested by egyptian relics found in the graves of mycenae and by very ancient levantine pottery found in contemporary sites in egypt homer himself shows us odysseus telling a feigned but obviously not improbable tale of an achaean raid on egypt meanwhile the sojourn of the israelites with their exodus from the land of bondage though not yet found to be recorded on the egyptian monuments was probably part of the great contemporary stir among the peoples these events which are only known through hebrew texts must have worn a very different aspect in the eyes of egyptians and of prehistoric achaean observers hostile in faith to the children of israel the topic has since been treated in fiction by dr abers in his joshua in such a twilight age fancy has free play but it is a curious fact that in this romance modern fancy has accidentally coincided with that of ancient greece most of the novel was written and the apparently un-greek marvels attributed to helen had been put on paper when a part of furtwangler's recent great lexicon of mythology appeared with the article on helen the authors of the world's desire read it with a feeling akin to amazement their wildest inventions about the daughter of the swan it seemed had parallels in the obscurer legends of hellas there actually is a tradition preserved by eustathius that paris beguiled helen by magically putting on the aspect of menelaus there is a medieval parallel in the story of uther and ygern mother of arthur and the classical case of zeus and amphitryon is familiar again the blood-dripping ruby of helen in the tale is mentioned by servius in his commentary on virgil it was pointed out to one of the authors by mr McHale, but we did not know that the star of the story was actually called the star stone in ancient greek fable the many voices of helen are alluded to by homer in the odyssey she was also named echo in old tradition to add that she could assume the aspect of every man's first love was easy goethe introduces the same quality in the fair witch of his walpurgisnacht a respectable portrait of Miriamun's secret counsellor exists in pottery in the British Museum, though, as it chances, it was not discovered by us until after the publication of this romance. The Laestragonian of the last battle is introduced as a prehistoric Norseman. Mr. Gladstone, we think, was perhaps the first to point out 
that the lastrigonians of the odyssey with their home on a fjord in the land of the midnight sun were probably derived from travellers tales of the north borne with the amber along the immemorial sacred way the magic of miriamun is in accordance with egyptian ideas her resuscitation of the dead woman hataska has a singular parallel in reginald scott's discovery of witchcraft fifteen eighty four where the spell by the silence of the night is not without poetry the general conception of helen as the world's desire ideal beauty has been dealt with by m paul de saint victor and mr j a simmons for the rest some details of battle and of wounds which must seem very un-greek to critics ignorant of greek literature are borrowed from homer h r h a l the world's desire by h rider haggard and andrew lang come with us ye whose hearts are set on this the present to forget come read the things whereof ye know they were not and could not be so the murmur of the fallen creeds like winds among wind-shaken reeds along the banks of holy nile shall echo in your ears the while the fables of the north and south shall mingle in a modern mouth the fancies of the west and east shall flock and flit about the feast like doves that cooled with waving wing the banquets of the cyprian king old shapes of song do not die shall haunt the halls of memory and though the bow shall prelude clear shrill as the song of gunner's spear there answer sobs from lute and lyre that murmured of the world's desire there lives no man but he hath seen the world's desire the fairy queen none but hath seen her to this cost not one but loves what he has lost none is there but hath heard her sing divinely through this wandering not one but he has followed far the portent of the bleeding star not one but he hath chanced to wake dreamed of the star and found the snake yet through his dreams a wandering fire still still she flits the world's desire end of preface and dedication